Welcome to being a mom is gonna be love. <laughs> or hard, but yes. Welcome to being a mom is hard. Hello friends, on this episode you'll meet Rihanna Alvarado. She's a mom of four kids ranging in age from 4 to 18. Say that again, 4 to 18. It's a wide range. Uh, Rihanna is a small business owner. She owns and operates the Arcboria Studio and Garden in Waco, Texas, where she hosts themed studies in topics related to nature, gardening, art, and creativity. She also homeschools her kids, and she recently started her own podcast about creativity, which I will, of course, link to in the show notes. She is just really passionate about nature, creativity, and her kids, and that passion really is so clear and present throughout this conversation. It was such a pleasure to talk to her and hear her story, and so I'm so excited to share it with you. All right, here we go. Here is my conversation with Rihanna Alvarado. Hello, welcome to Being a Mom is Hard. Today, I have Rihanna Alvarado here with me. Hi. Rihanna, thank you Hello. for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited. So maybe you could start off by telling me a little bit about yourself and where you are at today in your motherhood journey. Okay, goodness. Um, <laughs> so many different ways to start. So I am, I've always been like drawn to nature. So that's a huge part of who I was and have been and am today as a mother and before that. And also just really into like artistic stuff. So I loved sketching as a kid and painting as a young adult, taking pictures, doing photography, darker photography and things like that. And now I run like a little um, art kind of business. And so that's always been a part of me. But I've been on the motherhood journey for, let's see, my oldest is actually 18, which is crazy to even like say. But yeah, I have four kids from four to 18. So I think now looking back, it's funny now because I work with a lot of mothers and it's like, Oh, yeah, I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Because a lot of my friends slash people that I work with, you know, it's been six years for them. Like, wow, I'm like, have tripled that. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way. But looking back, I'm like, whoa, we've been through so many things, you know, me and my kids. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and to have the age range of four, your youngest being four and your oldest being 18, you're kind of in multiple different motherhood stages at the same time which that's super true interesting yeah and it is it is interesting and I and it is very different but for me it was really good like my first child had um like uh issues like um yeah he's like on the autism spectrum like there was like (laughs) things that came up or whatever so then we wanted to like space that Uh kid intentionally right and then just it it was like wow this is actually really good like spacing the kids and whatever so the next kids were like two and a half years apart and then five years apart and for me it just it kind of worked organically at first but then it was like a little bit intentional because it felt really good to have the spacing Um, because whenever you have so many kids that are young it's like such a blur and it's really 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 hard and then it does get easier at five or six or whatever but it's really 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 hard for that time versus it being just hard for some time you know, and yeah. so for me, I, I love it. Like, I love that my son's about to graduate high school. And then I also have a four-year-old and we're learning letters. I don't know, as someone who's like always bored or whatever and, you know, wanting to be like, I don't know, like interested in things and mm-hmm. like pushed or whatever. For me, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine there are definitely days with my kids where I am like, I wish that they were a little bit more spaced out because I don't feel like I can yeah. savor those 
tiny yeah. kid moments as much or those toddler moments as much because I'm just running around all the time yeah. um, for sure. So I definitely get that. Um, and you probably have great perspective too, having one grown and then having a little one too at the same time. Um, that is true. You can kind of see like, oh, I know what this is going to feel like later on. Or see that. Yeah. that is true. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Great. Yep. Okay. So before we dive into more about where you are today, maybe take me back to before you were a mother. Um, maybe you could share a little bit about your childhood and how you grew up and how that all kind of came into play once you transitioned into motherhood. Yeah. Well, I had a really great childhood. I have really fun parents. They were young parents, which actually influenced me having kids kind of young. I think I was 20 when I had my first child, 20, 21, something like that. And my mom was a similar age because um, now looking back, I'm like, I would have waited, you know, Um, because that's like your 20s doing kid stuff. But um, at the time, I was like, oh, I love this because my parents were always like the fun parents and they were always goofing off and just super hilarious. And all of my friends were like, man, your parents are so cool. And all their parents were much older. Um, and so that kind of influenced me in that way but yeah I just had a really good childhood I did go to public school which I did not love I love school and I love learning um, but I didn't love the like public school experience being someone who's like an introvert and shy you know it was like oh it was always like pushing me and I felt uncomfortable a lot but I loved you know the books and the wonderful teachers and recess and I remember climbing in trees during recess and getting to do that. Of course, now I don't know if they would let you because I was like 20, 20 feet up there, 15, 20 feet up there. Oh, it wow. was so fun. And that's what I did during recess. So like for my, for me, my childhood is memories of like savoring what I could in the school setting and then also having those peaceful moments in trees and in nature at home or in my bed, sketching or reading books or whatever. Um, and yeah, I just had a really, we had a really close family. We still are really close. We text all the time and see each other for family events. So I just had a really good childhood. And, you know, our parents also, they were really cool with whatever our interests were. So like when I wanted to do photography, my parents um, let me use their camera. And this was back whenever it was still like film and stuff. And uh, I would get to to take it and just take random pictures of squirrels or whatever. And so it was just really cool to have that experience of like, oh, my parents like see that we have different interests and allow us to do that. So yeah, um, had a really beautiful childhood. Wow. Yeah. And so I know a little bit about what you're doing now. So seeing all of that come into play now for you. So that yeah. that's great. It was all, it was present throughout. So it sounds like throughout your whole life, you've kind of had that like creativity and the nature side all coming together. Um, so yeah. maybe, so then talk to me about that transition. So you mentioned you became a mom pretty yeah. young. Um, so what was going on for you right before you became a mom? What, where were you at in your life at that point? Yeah, so I had actually, I was, uh, I was under, I had a scholarship to a local community college. So they were paying for the first couple years of my college and it was okay, but I really was not feeling fulfilled. And I had kind of a, like an aha moment where I was in one of actually my favorite classes, which is like psychology two or something. And I loved that class. She was my favorite teacher, but I was looking around the room and everyone was like, just unengaged. The blinds were drawn. So there was just no natural light coming in. And I was just like, why am I here? Like, I hate this. <laughs> Even though I love what is in this textbook, I can literally go buy that textbook and read it for myself. I just, I just didn't get it. And I didn't, these people were not they were not my people. And I was like, why am I here? So I kind of just made this rash decision. How do you think I talked to my parents about it? And I went and I marched into the office. I waited in line and I gave them back my money. I was like, hey, I don't want the scholarship anymore. 
you had to like sign papers and stuff. And then I just started paying for my own way through college through taking art classes. So that's when I was, I just dived into like oil painting because I've always wanted to paint. And so I was like, fine, taking oil painting. And so I did that and I took uh, darkroom photography and just, I mean, then I was in my element. That's you know, true. I, yeah, I was working at Starbucks at the time. So I'd bring my like soy chai latte at the time, whatever. <laughs> my mom's like cassette tapes, which were outdated at the time, but I was into them. And I would go in the dark room and I would just like have a blast developing photos and just being in my own creative world. And it was wonderful. Like it really was wonderful. And I did that even as my first was born. But like I said earlier, he ended up getting lead poisoning when he was just under a year old. So that just shifted everything for me. I just, I realized I could not take care of him the way I wanted to because I was not getting answers from doctors. I was not getting any kind of like satisfactory information from them as far as like how can we go forward on like a healing journey it was just kind of like well here's what it is and here's how you mitigate it and I was like mitigate it I was like no like that doesn't fit with like my my stomach like something in my gut is like no and so I ended up quitting um school because I was like I've got to do this and I was working at the time as well you know like I was still working so I was like I just I got it I can't do all three I need to choose two so I chose working and taking care of my son which basically meant a lot of research, a lot of going to doctors, a lot of books. Um, yeah, just like crazy mm-hmm. research. So, yeah. Got it. Okay, so your your son was diagnosed uh, with lead poisoning. And they basically, when you say, here's how to mitigate it, they basically were saying, you can't fix this, right? No, is absolutely. pretty much what this they were just, telling. This is just how you're going to have to deal with it. Which Got it. Okay. You know, I grew up in a pretty regular home, but my dad was kind of anti-medicine and stuff. So we did a lot of natural remedies, you know, mm-hmm. just like simple stuff like garlic or oregano and things like that. As and well. I think that was in me at the time because even though we had a garden off and on throughout my childhood, it wasn't like I am now with the kids where we do like lots of gardening and lots of home remedies and stuff. It wasn't like that. But I think it was something inside of me, like, you know, like just deeper or whatever. Where I was like, I just, and also the mom thing where you're just like, yeah, and- no, no, no. Like, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel because he was so normal. And then all of a sudden he wasn't. And it was like, this just doesn't, it's not sitting right with me. So it just sent me on a whole path. Got it. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about that path. So you leave school, you have mostly creative classes, it sounds like, that you are taking at school. So you leave school and then, and you were working, taking care of your son. Uh, Then what happened at that point? How, kind of how did that journey progress? Yeah. A lot of it was just me throwing myself into research. So I remember just like staying up very late every night um, in forums and things like that and reading, getting um, these medical journals and things like that, diving into it. Because at the time, this is, let's see, 2006, 2007 at the time. So this is, uh, this is one in 150 autism diagnosis. And really it's lead poisoning, which led to autism, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what is it. So we have toxins in the body. And at the time, I mean, it was really frustrating the doctor that we were going to was like i was like i just feel like he's got um lead poison i say lead poisoning after the fact right i was like i feel like he has lead poisoning or some kind of heavy metal thing and he was like no and i was like well let's just test for it and he was like no and i was like i don't understand i'm paying for this like can we just test him no so i literally had to go to doctors in austin um they were like biomedical doctors to get a diagnosis that took a whole year because there's a waiting list because there's all these kids suffering from this kind of stuff and so when we got that test a year later, so now he's three years old, um, they're like, yeah, his lead's off the charts. And I was like, okay. So mother intuition, yes, maybe something we should tap into. So then it was a whole journey of learning supplements and how to detox and things like that. But 
I do remember uh, whenever he was, right after he was born, being, I never like thought I would want to like homeschool my kids. And that's mm-hmm. what I do now. But uh, when he was born, I just didn't want to leave. I was mm-hmm. like, man, six weeks leave? Like, I just, it's so short. I just felt like, oh, I just love this, you know? Because I kind of definitely had that uh, judgment in my head of like moms who stay home, you know? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just not one of those like uh, blue jean wearing, you know, tucking <laughs> in your pants kind of like stay at home moms. Like I grew up with a lot of homeschoolers and stuff like that around me, which in their my best friends at the time, but their moms weren't that cool. And I was like, I don't want to be that, you know, like soccer mom and all that. I was like, nah. Um, but when I had him, I just like wanted to stay home with him. And but so that's then, when I started sewing. I've always loved sewing. My dad taught me how to hand sew. So that's when I got a machine and started sewing like bags out of vintage fabric and stuff. So I always, even in the hard times, I had some kind of like creative outlet. I think I just can't stop it. But it definitely like ebbed and flowed, you know, with like right. whatever was more important. Yeah. Got it. So, okay. So you were sewing bags. Were you selling uh, the bags or was this just something that you were kind of doing as a creative pursuit? Yeah, I was trying to sell them. So like I had, I went to like a cultural arts festival and uh, I sold a bunch of bags that day and then I got an Etsy shop, but then it was like, I'm not like a technology person. So like getting that up and running, I didn't even know if it was live. And then at that time it was like all SEO. So it was like, Mm -hmm. now you're having to make sure your website or, you know, your link in in Etsy or whatever is ranked high. And I tried and tried and tried. And I was like, I just don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm a like, you know, hands in the soil kind of a person. And so, uh, yeah, but I would just like, sell little things here and there not really to make any money but more just to like satisfy that itch you know like Mm -hmm. ah, i see this in my head and i want to see it in real life yeah yeah Yeah. got it okay awesome okay so at this point how old is your son at this point in the story so he's still like he's probably three three four yeah okay got it okay so yeah so did you end up sending him to school then at this point or did you end up starting with homeschool yeah we sent him to school so it at actually three they recommended him go to half days and then at four he went to full days and he was in a special class and honestly it it was hard at first because he you know didn't want to like leave me or whatever but then after a few months he was fine with it and that's pretty normal for most kids but he was in a special class right because he was having some behavioral issues Mm -hmm. and yeah i just think it wasn't the best choice for him looking back i mean it was the best i could do at the time but he learned behaviors there. They allowed them to get on internet. They were on YouTube. These kids were, these are like three and four-year-olds. They oh, were on it. YouTube. And so, and they were doing a lot of stimming, which is like um, basically getting some kind of like satisfaction, visual satisfaction on these YouTube things. So he learned behaviors of like these kids getting on, looking at logos and things and just like over and over and over again. And they allowed it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even know that's even happening as a, as right. a parent. And so, yes, he was in school and I took him out after kindergarten. I see. Okay. And you, at the time, uh, my apologies, I never asked this, but did you had a partner at the time uh, or a husband or a partner that you were with at this throughout this period, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my first husband, yeah, I'm okay. remarried, but my first husband, um, my first three kids were with him. And, you know, we were, it was one of those situations where my parents, you know, I talked about having such a fabulous childhood and I absolutely did, but somewhere around 17, my, my parents started fighting. My dad had like this um, actual diagnosis that he was dealing with. My mom kind of had a nervous breakdown. She didn't even know what that was. She was going through that because of some tension at work. And so then they were just, they were like fighting and not talking. And for me, it was like the rug was pulled out from underneath me. I didn't know what was going on. So I just kind of wanted out. 
and a friend at work we were we were friends and we could talk really easily and stuff and so i just i was like just gonna go with this guy i'm just gonna we're just gonna go over here because it was really comfortable that's but you know looking back we you know we were never meant to be intimate partners or anything like that we were friends (laughs) we were really good friends we could talk to each other and that's what it what it should have stayed as or whatever (laughs) but yeah and the thing about him too is he had his own trauma as uh, growing up or whatever, even though his family is a, they're a beautiful family, they just didn't deal with their stuff. Mm. And so he was just totally checked out. Like all the stuff with Takuli, my first son, he just wasn't there. So mm-hmm. my mom was there. So it was like me and my mom going to all the doctor's appointments, me and my mom reading the doctor's journals and these things, trying to figure out, going to conferences, trying to figure out all the stuff that was like on the cutting edge of biomedical research and things like that. That's, That's what enough. we were trying to do, trying to figure out, okay, what supplement is the thing? What, whatever, you know, and we had seen miraculous things happen with food, you know, taking him off of this food, giving him this food. We'd seen miraculous things happen. And so I knew we were going down the right track and I knew going down the regular conventional medical route where the guy was like, we don't believe in heavy metals. Like literally at a conference, he was like, no, I don't believe in heavy metal poisoning. I'm like, I have like paperwork that says that's what's in my son's body. That's anyway, so I just, I knew we were doing the right thing, but yeah, he was checked out. So um, he was there, but he wasn't very helpful. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask if he was like yeah. supportive throughout that journey no. or, okay, got no. it. But I did have my mom and that was fabulous. And she yeah. actually ended up living with us for some time, which was good for her and good for us because I needed someone to bounce these ideas off of and be like, okay. And also just like to watch him and be able to record things. Cause I literally kept a journal of what he was doing every day. Cause we were trying all these different supplements homeopathic remedies and whatever and i needed to keep a record of what was working and what wasn't okay this was a huge aggravation or this showed a dramatic improvement improvement in two days or whatever and Mm -hmm. i wasn't always there because i was still working so it was fabulous to have her as that uh support got it okay so then take me up you said in kindergarten or after kindergarten is when you pulled him out so did you start fully homeschooling him at that point yeah, I did. And I, again, it wasn't like, I kind of wish it was like, oh, you just knew that that was what we were supposed to do. But really, he was reading at four. He didn't talk to who was three, but then he was reading on his own at four. I walked in the bedroom and he's just reading a book. And I was like, what? This is insane. <laughs> and yet at, when he graduated um, kindergarten, you know, I asked for some resources. Hey, what can we work over the summer? And she gives me like ABC worksheets. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my son's That's reading. He doesn't need ABC worksheets. And that's so that's pretty. when I realized that, oh, they're not supporting him here. And, you know, I didn't know I was young. I didn't know what, you know, was going on. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on in the classroom. I'm just, I appreciate teachers and I like trust that they're doing everything they could. And I'm sure she was, but she's in a room with eight other kids that all have different behavioral issues. Yeah. You know, it just, it wasn't what he needed. He needed like one-on-one. And so that's whenever I was like, okay, I've got to stay home. And at that time we had decided that, um, we should have another child because he needed it. Uh-huh. We're like, okay, he needs someone to kind of push into his world. He needs someone to kind of disrupt because at the time he really loved uh, order and schedule and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, he needs someone to kind of like uh-huh. interrupt that. And so I was pregnant time. I was like, perfect. You know, I don't want to nurse in the Starbucks bathroom anymore. So let's just right. do this. <laughs> right. Got it. Okay. So you quit, you quit, you stay home full time, homeschool. Um, how was that transition for you? Was it, did it come naturally to just kind of be there? Did you like, are, what type of homeschool mom are you? I should say, or at this point, what were you, were you like the more structured, like trying to create school at home or more the free flowing, um, yeah, almost like unschooling type. Right. It's a good question. So at that time, because I had so little experience and I only knew what my friends growing up did, which they were all, um, you know, Christian conservative, uh, almost like 
they weren't doing classical conversations, but they were doing a Becca and things like that, yeah. which those of that you that are in that world will understand. But like they were doing some kind of rigid school stuff. And so I, that was all I knew. So, but me being like a free spirit and always kind of be that person, I knew that I wouldn't go full throttle or whatever, uh-huh. but um, I was trying to get as close as I could knowing my temperament and personality that I could do that. And it was really, really hard. There was days where we both were crying. It was really right. hard because there's a lot of pressure of like, I don't want him to be behind. And then I have right. all these extra things of like, there's behavioral issues and he's detoxing this and he can't have this, you know, food wise. There's a lot of stuff going on that I'm trying to like balance. So it was really hard for the first few years. Um, but um, right around like when my daughter was, Born is when I really got into like Waldorf education <laughs> and because that was like super resonated with me. All those kind of e- Reggio Emilia, all of those were like, oh, yes, this is this is me. You know, like you kind of like find your people or whatever. And so I was already integrating that uh-huh. into our lives. So he was probably six at the time okay. um, when that happened. And so as I was doing kind of that early childhood, like sweet stuff with them. I gradually started doing that with him. So he was doing Waldorf, like in third grade, he had a straight Waldorf curriculum. And it was, it was okay for him. Um, But eventually it, it became something that wasn't okay for him. Like he needed actually more structure and me Mm -hmm. and the girls, you know, were like doing this whole like rhythm thing. And he's like, no, I want to be told what to do every 15 minutes. I'm like, but we're just going with the flow, man. (laughs) So he ended up going back to public school in sixth grade. But that's, what's great about homeschooling is you can, with the seasons, even if it's just for a few months, you can go uh-huh. with what your kids really need. Cause, and also you're there to see it because yeah. you're there with them the whole day. So you really know what they need, you know? Yeah. I would love to talk a little bit more about like, uh, how it sounds like the parenting different types of kids differently. It sounds like you kind of ran into that where your daughters are more like they were in sync with how you kind of wanted to move about the day. Well, talk to me though about that transition to having more than one. So once you moved from your son, you were focusing so much on him and like yeah. literally tracking his daily yeah. moods and responses to all the different things that were going on in your life, what he was eating, all the different stimuli, all of that. So take me to then adding your daughter to the picture. What was that transition like? Um, how did it shift things for you guys as a family unit? Yeah, um, it was great because I was ready to have another child. And, you know, she was neurotypical, you know, nothing happened to her. Um, and so that was really cool. Um, cause I definitely had that fear, you know, whenever I was pregnant with her, I was like, oh, well, what if, what if something bad happens here too, you know, something Definitely. unexpected. So that was really beautiful, but it was hard. Like I was, I remember being this is so silly, but I remember being afraid to go to the grocery store. Like, oh my gosh, how do I go to the grocery store with two kids? Definitely. You know, just being like, okay, I'm always going to wait for like my husband to be home. So then I can go to the grocery store or whatever, you know? Uh-huh. And I remember having to work through of like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to load the kids in the car and we're going to the grocery store together. We can do this. It sounds so silly now because it's so part of our everyday. Mm-hmm. But I remember being like, wow, okay, I have, I can do this, whatever. And, but yeah, it was, it was different, but I think it was so, so good and so needed for me because I was so focused on him and he was such a different kid that this was almost like my first child in so many ways, you know, because up until eight months, he was pretty normal, but then he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So for her being, this normal kid was like, oh, this is what this is like. This is what this is like. It was a lot of news for me. Uh-huh. So in a, in a way, it was like being a brand new mother again. Uh-huh. Um, and it was, it was really, it was really good, but it was also very, very hard and very different. And I remember also when she was born, just being very isolated, like 
I just was very alone. It was just like me and the kids, you know, mm-hmm. for most of the time. And the the introvert part of me being okay with that because having uh, real relationships was hard mm-hmm. because I am a very different person and living where we live uh, in Central Texas at the time anyway, uh, there just wasn't a lot of people like me who are into gardening or mm-hmm. creativity or Waldorf. Oh my gosh, no one knew what Waldorf was. No one else was doing that. Yeah. So it was very, it was very isolating. But also it was like, well, that part of me that wanted to be alone and didn't have to face with being uncomfortable was actually okay. Mm-hmm. And we had a garden and we had chickens and stuff. So we had plenty of things to entertain ourselves with. But um, what's interesting about Amaya, and she's my second born, um, she's an extrovert. Mm. So and that was really apparent early on. And, you know, I think our kids are such teachers for us. And they save us in so many ways or they say teach us because like, you know, even being on my garden journey, that all came from Takuli, you know, that all came from me trying to find like a healthy food for him and having to drive, you know, an hour and a half away to Austin, Texas in order to find that food or gluten free stuff because he was, yeah, gluten casein free at the time wasn't here. You know, very, very, very few foods could we feed him. And so I was having to drive really far for raw milk and for just basic ingredients to bake bread for him, things like that. Um, we were getting like our chocolate in like Europe. We we're shipping it from Europe. It was crazy. Wow. Um, yeah, because a lot of them weren't casein free. And so having her though, uh, as she grew up, she was like very much needed other people. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to like do play dates. And I'm that mom, right? With yeah. the mom jeans stuff. Um, <laughs> but it was really, it really, it saved me again because then I met some people um, that, that are my best friends now. So. Mm-hmm. I am also an introvert and one of my daughters is uh, extroverted and it has pushed me quite a bit to just have to get out more and to go and be around people more. Um, Maybe you could share a little bit more about finding friendship in motherhood um, and like moving from that isolated state, which so many moms experience just that feeling where you're like, I just with my kids. Like, how am I going to make friends or where am I going to find them? Like, where do I find my people? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that transition and where you eventually did, how you found those friends, what that was like for you? Oh, I'd love to, because this is a a big, big driver in what I do now, (laughs) because it was such a big deal for me. So I literally spent 30 years of my life. Yeah. With not my tribe. With mm-hmm. no one understanding, no one getting me. No, you know, the only I found solace in blogs, mm-hmm. in books, and things like that. I'm like, I know my people exist out there, people who feel the way I do about the earth or living intentionally every day. I knew they existed, but I they just were not in my day to day at all. In fact, they were quite the opposite. Um, and so it was really hard. It was really hard. But also I was really being an introvert and I think there was some self confidence, you know, issues as well. At that time, I just, it was hard. Like, how do you find that? And that's a really big, you know, jump to to try to get to whatever. Like, that's that's, that's a that's a hard ask, right? I feel, I feel like at least for me, it was that was a yeah. hard ask of like, oh, I would love that. I would love true, genuine friendship, sure, but that's scary. Who who is going to want to be my friend at thirty? Right? Um, but we we found this, uh, or I found this really cool garden class. And it was actually in my hometown. And I was like, oh my gosh. Or like right outside of it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like everything I love. And so I also, during this time, I mean, I'm skipping a lot, but we don't need to know my whole story. But uh, 
that's when I was leaving my husband at the time. Some Got big, it. big issues were coming up. We had just had like our third child and some big issues were coming up. And some, I basically had like a 180 where my eyes were opened and I saw some things and I was like, oh, <laughs> it's kind of that realization of like, oh, we shouldn't have ever gotten married. Uh-huh. Whoops. Like, and it was like a big, my bad kind of thing. And so, um, so yeah, my eyes are open. And so I was in the process of like leaving him and moving back uh, to town. And I found this group and I, I started going and they just were so welcoming. And of course, these are people who are like, you know, we're digging in the soil, looking at weeds, trying to identify them with a field guide. And I'm like, dude, these are my people, right? <laughs> we don't even have to know each other's names. I'm here for it. Like you guys. And so, and they just were so welcoming and so incredible. And over the course of these, during classes, during lunchtime, we would talk. And I just, I felt a, like a peace, like a, you know, you're when your shoulders relax. Uh-huh. And I just felt, I felt good and I felt okay. And I felt like I could be myself for the first time around other people besides my books uh-huh. and blogs for the first time, like ever. And it felt really, really, really good. And it was still a really um, long transition of like learning how to let people in and things like that. Uh-huh. But it, it just made me realize, okay, it absolutely takes a village because I, what I was doing beforehand was just barely doggy paddling, you know, like uh-huh. above the water, getting by and having these people validate some of my thoughts and feelings and intentions with living every single day changed everything. I felt like I had support. I felt like I had someone on my side. I felt like I wasn't just taking a chance on my own thoughts uh-huh. that there were other people that felt the same way and in fact had been living this way uh-huh. you know so it, it was really incredible for me and that's why I try to create space in what I do now because I know how important it is to find a community that you can you know just have uh-huh. just have when you need you know yeah and it sounds it's almost like magical almost that this is all happening while you're kind of separating from your then husband because if you hadn't landed in that community I'm sure like it sounds like you had some sort of huge eye-opening experience and then to not have a community after that would have been very so it's it's very interesting that that happened kind of like one lever going up one coming down you're absolutely right like when I look back you're absolutely right I don't think I thought of it in those terms I was like oh this is just what happened no 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 you're right it was the perfect time for it because when I was going through all of that just like dissecting those feelings because I never wanted to ever be divorced you know my parents did that whole thing and I was like this is silly like no I'm not doing that no matter what but whenever you have that kind of experience where your eye open you're like oh this never should have been and I cannot stay in this relationship and support you the way you need to be as a husband wife kind of thing there's no other choice right um you know and I had even like said hey let's just raise the kids together but not be like you know intimate and for him, that wasn't an option. He was like, no, I want to be full, you know, husband and wife, whatever. And I was like, I just, I can't do that to myself anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, and it, it was a hard time because it was like, wow, this goes against something that I really feel strongly about, like keeping family together, but then trusting that this will be okay and this will be better for the children mm-hmm. um, was hard. And you're right. I had that support. Um, I had that support. Somewhere to so land. Right, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me more backing up just a smidge. Tell me more about that eyes open experience and what was kind of going on for you um, in as much detail as you feel comfortable, but what was going on there um, that shifted things so much for you at that time? 
Well, we had been um, doing a lot of like meditation and diving into like inner work for like the, the past like two years before during all of that stuff when it was a really good time because then we were actually connecting because mm-hmm. he was starting to connect with nature and I've been there right mm-hmm. and I was like oh wow this is something really we can really connect he would be reading me these stories of um the sky and the woods and all the revelations he would have in nature and stuff and and testing out truth in nature and it was just really really cool um so we'd been having kind of these experiences of um going into meditation and stuff like that and and seeing these things and 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 learning, uh, having that inner journey or whatever, those revelations or whatever. And so during one of the times, not during like a meditation, but one of the things he said to me, and he's a writer, so he's, you know, very much in that kind of world or whatever, where he can, he can put thoughts into words, I'm right? Sure. And share, which is, is, it is a deal. Um, he was like, I feel like you should really pray about this one thing. And I don't know, I had to do with red light, green things it's in my journal somewhere. And I didn't know what it was, but I was like, okay, cool. I'll pray about that. So I literally went and prayed about that. And that is when in that prayer time, literally, it was kind of, I mean, it sounds weird, I guess, but like literally it was like a 180. My eyes were open. My mouth was opened. And I was, I saw things I'd never seen before in our relationship. And also, um, and again, this sounds weird. This is what happened though. I literally have always been like a very quiet person. I'm at the back of the, I'm a straight A student, but I'm at the back of the room mm-hmm. and I just didn't ever talk. You know, I was always extremely, extremely quiet. Well, like God, like opened my mouth and I just, I would share things. So before where it was like, it would be extremely hard for me to like share how I was feeling. Like, why are you crying, Rihanna? Mm-hmm. I couldn't like, I couldn't even like say words. I was so like shy and so quiet about things. It was all inside of me. Literally, I could say anything. like. And to this day, it stayed where it's like almost I'm like, uh, foot in my mouth kind of things because <laughs> I'll just like, I'll say it. I'm like, well, this. And I have to sometimes like back myself up like, oh, don't. So it, it's weird to say because it sounds all like mystical, or whatever. But like literally that's what happened. My eyes were open. I could see things I'd never seen before. I literally talked to my other friends or like one other friend, like through like a marriage she was in that was abusive. I like sent her. This is what emotional, abusive husbands are like. Like read this article. And a year later, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is that is my life. I didn't even see it though. I could not yeah. see it, which is crazy. It sounds stupid. Like, how could you not see it? But literally, I couldn't see it because because of a bunch of reasons, right? And so, yeah, it was an extremely emotionally abusive relationship. Um, yeah, he would, yeah, he could just manipulate words and things and twist things and whatever. And it was, and he was very pushy, and and I was, you know, trying to be a good submissive wife because I, I'm like by nature like rebellious like that's how I was like in high school straight okay. A student but like don't tell me what to do uh, if I want to take so- my shoes off let me take my the kind of thing like yeah. it's weird uh so yeah I just I'd been trying to cultivate okay you know being submissive whatever and so that mixed with someone who can be pushy and all that kind of stuff it wasn't a good mix because then I just gave in to things and I wasn't respecting myself and it was constantly giving in giving in giving in and never okay. respecting my own feelings because I was trying to be a good wife and then, you know, then it came up like, oh, all those struggles he'd been having with addictions and stuff like that still happening. And then, oh, you've been going on your nature walks for like a year and a half drinking in the woods. Mm-hmm. Not good. Like, so, and, you know, he's an alcoholic, basically. Yeah. So, like, realizing all of that, like, oh, and him, me, him coming home and like seeing, he like, seeing like he was. Uh, drunk right mm-hmm. and him saying no I'm not I'm just really tired because at that time he was working overnight 
And whenever he would not sleep for some time, it it seemed like he was, you know, uh, intoxicated. Mm-hmm. That is a true thing. But he was coming home, going to the woods, drinking, and then coming home. And he would just rant and rant and rant. And I have to sit for two hours. Mm-hmm. And it would get into like school time. And it would be like, man, you're like not respecting our day, our boundaries, whatever, because then he'd go to sleep forever and then wake up right before dinner. And I'm like, no, we need to do school in the morning. You know, it's just, it was really a not good situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being a free spirit, also, I was like, well, I can go with the flow, like whatever. And also just being super, you know, naive and also trusting. Uh, I just didn't see those things until God literally had to open my eyes. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So it's like this huge moment of clarity, basically, where you. Huge. Like, could Absolutely. almost like see. And I could never go back after that. Yeah. yeah. Then, then I was like, oh, I see what I'm doing to myself. I'm, yeah, I'm doing things that I actually don't want to do. Really yeah. big things. And and uh, I couldn't do it anymore because I'd have my eyes opened, you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. Something I just thought of when you were sharing that is how you were saying, oh, and I'm this free spirit. And it's so interesting how the things that we like about ourselves can sometimes be like flipped to be <laughs> used against us in these sorts 100%. of situations. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. hundred percent. You know, like the boiled frog thing. Like you just wake up and you're like, hold up. Um, Absolutely. How did I get here? Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So thank you for sharing that. That's so sure. there's this big moment of clarity. Um, and then you're moving on this different journey. You find this community. Um, you said you moved back to town. So I'm assuming. So did you, did you and um, all three, you had three kids at the time. Did you all move back right. to your hometown? Is that what you're referring to? Yep. Got it. Yep. Okay. So, and you're still homeschooling. Um, all of that is going good. So what else is going on for you at that point? Um, did, were you work, were you still staying at home fully? throughout the time that you were separating or uh, did you? Yes. Fortunately, I was able to stay home um, because we found a, so I started dating a guy that um, I had met while I was still out of town or whatever. And he, maybe he was just like my my best friend, basically. Okay. And then, so then it was, so he was just wonderful. And then we started dating. And so he had found this house for me that was incredible um, rent. And then, so with the child support, I was able to basically barely make ends meet mm-hmm. with that. And I think we had like government, a little bit of government help at that time. Uh Um, It was a really scary time. And then I got a job just for a little bit, but then paying a babysitter and having the job basically meant like I made like a dollar or two an hour, you know, I was like, really, I was like, oh, I don't think this is like, it's really not worth it. You know, like (laughs) I could do other things for a dollar an hour. Um, But I did love the job, but I was like, yeah, no, I was still homeschooling. I was just bent on, we're not doing that. I'm not, I'm not back in public school. By then, by then I was like, oh. I don't want my kids to have the experience I had where mm-hmm. no, you know, whatever kind of personality they had, whether it's extrovert or introvert, they had to be thrown to the wolves basically in that situation. I was like, I just really don't want that. And I, I was then in love with the freedom of homeschooling. We can go on a trip in the middle of the semester mm-hmm. and nobody's going to send me a letter or tell me I got to go to court because I missed, you know, 15 mm-hmm. days or whatever. And I just, I was just super, super in love with the whole lifestyle at that point. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I did. I worked just for a little bit and then um, was able to stay home and just kind of like scrape by. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that being a scary time. So how long did that last? Like how long were you guys kind of in that that phase where you're just kind of making ends meet? Yeah, I'm probably two years. It was a long time. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also a sweet time because I remember the overwhelming feeling that I felt almost every single day was, oh my goodness, I'm free. Because That's again, right. when the eyes were opened, I was like, oh, I'm in a cage and I'm in a a scary cage because this person is controlling a lot. 
And it was, uh, and I also felt like there was no way out. You know, like I felt like I've married this person. I made this decision. I need to stick to it for a really, really long time. Even if things were scarce, I just didn't care. I was like, this is so great. We're free. Like we get to do whatever every day. I don't have anyone telling me what I have to do or making me do things I don't want to do. It just felt really, really good. Got it. Okay. So that's amazing. So you're able to continue homeschooling throughout this time. Um, All right. So then, and then you said your, your son went, did decide to go back to school. So when was that? Was that around this time or like, where are we at in terms of ages? I guess. That's a great, I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot. Um, So he was, he was in, uh, he went back to school in middle school. So sixth grade. So how old is a sixth grader? Like 11. Okay. So 11. So then May is is six. Okay. (gasps) So then we homeschooled for a little bit while we were here in town and then he went to school. And that was again, because it was really obvious by then that the girls were doing this rhythm thing and he Mm -hmm. needed structure. He needed so much structure. He loved it. Like he fed off that structure and I couldn't give that to him. And and do Waldorf with the girls. And yeah. I was like, okay, cool. You probably need the structure of school. So we met with them. We did some tests and things and got him in and got people. Um, he was in neurotypical classes and then he just had like an aide with him. Uh-huh. And then he gradually didn't need that, you know? So it was really good for him and he just loved it. He absolutely loved it. And eventually he even got to ride the bus, um, I think in his seventh and eighth grade year. Cause that was a thing he always wanted to do is ride a bus. Like uh-huh. that was just really cool for him. And the school was like, <laughs> Um, you know, a couple minutes away. It wasn't even that far. So I dropped him off for the first year because mom, and then I let him ride the bus. And then he just had a blast doing that. That just was like a special thing for him. So uh, yeah, so he really thrived in that environment. It was, it was the good, a good thing for him. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then, so, so what happened first? Did you start your business first or uh, meet your husband first? Yeah. So I met my husband um, really at the same time that I was going through this divorce. We were really good friends okay. and he had asked me to marry him. And I was like, I just can't do it. You know, I'm, you know, still technically married and I just don't, I, I'm not like even at peace with that. Maybe That's uh, we shouldn't be together, you know, like maybe there's some way to work it out anyway. But that, then that became clear that he wasn't going to like do it on my terms. And so we were able to start dating and things like that. And we dated for, I don't know, three years, went through marriage counseling, all that kind of stuff. And um, we got married in 2017. Got it. And then did you guys, was this all, you're still in the same location or did you move? Uh, yeah, we're still in the same location. Okay. Got it. Yep. So same location. Cool. And then did you start your, tell me about your uh, your business that you run right now. Uh, yeah. The, did this start around the same time or when did that idea come to you? Yeah. Well, I feel like with every kid, I get this like new creative wave of like, oh, I want to do this. And I just get like this new <laughs> creative energy. And then, of course, I don't have time to do it because I just had another kid. <laughs> but it does. It, all these ideas come to me, though. <laughs> so um, what happened is I when I had to leave the job that I loved that I was working at here I was a gardener from Magnolia and I, I loved it. But then they were switching hours. And basically, I was not going to see my kids ever in the morning time if I stayed on. So I was like, oh, I just, that's just not, it's not worth it to me, you know? Uh-huh. So that's whenever I, I left that. And I really felt like God at the time was like, I want you to spend those hours you were working there writing because that's my, my first really love is writing. And so I did. I started writing the book that I had first started whenever my second child was born. I started writing it every single day. And I, it just, I had the, I had a blast doing that. So then I was like, okay, cool. 
well, maybe, you know, I could self-publish or whatever because, right, I'm a free spirit and I don't want anyone to like take all my royalties. So I started researching that and I realized it's going to cost a lot of money. And so I was like, okay, so what am I going to do for that? So I had this idea just land on me that was like, okay, I'm going to do an art summer camp and I'm going to just immerse kids in art mediums. So we're doing the crazy stuff. We're doing um, mosaic tile, right? We're doing mosaic pebbles. We did um, self-portraits, like all kinds of stuff. My husband built these cedar easels, right, for the kids. Like all kinds of just really cool. We did concrete, like the kids did formed concrete, just crazy art mediums on top of pastels and the normal stuff. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good time doing that. And I actually found out that I absolutely love teaching, (laughs) which I didn't know I I didn't know I had a passion for it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, I love this. So then I started um, teaching a little bit of art classes for that nature school I told you about where I found my tribe. Mm-hmm. I started teaching art classes. She actually asked me, she's like, hey, would you teach a little art lesson? I was like, I guess so. <laughs> but I just loved it. And so I did that every semester. I would like teach a little thing. And then she ended up meeting this really amazing man who she's still with. And they ended up moving. And I was like, oh my gosh, we've been in this nature school for like five years. What are we going to do? Like, mm-hmm. So then I taught her nature school with another guy. And we did that for like a semester or two. Um, and it was really great. But then he didn't want to do it anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my kids have to have something, right? This is mm-hmm. too good. So then she was like, why don't you just run one yourself there? And so that's when I was like, oh, okay. So I, I did it for a little bit. It was very, very scary. Mm-hmm. Like when I ran that first summer art camp, uh, mm-hmm. my son, I was pregnant with my son. I was very, very pregnant during that time. He was born in August and they did that over the summer. Got it. So this is all happening when he's like an infant, That's very young. I'm still, he's still strapped to me, you know, like he's, so it's easy because he's just like with me all the time. Yeah. So when I officially started my actual business, so that's how it all started was from this beautiful thing that my friend was already doing. And I've just kind of added all of my artistic kind of elements to it and then my own philosophy and just kind of built on this beautiful thing that she was doing Done her. um and she still does it in Wimberley, texas and it's incredible so then in 2019 is when i officially started my business okay and i ran like i did some beta so i just did it for free for like the summer and then i just did it for like a little bit of money just like seeing if i even could do this because i had a one-year-old at the time right it's like, crazy yeah stops, right her. um and it but it also had this thing inside of me that like i have to I have to do this. Yeah. Like my kids need this. And also I actually really love this. Uh-huh. And I feel like maybe I'm supposed to care. Cause also I had all of the families that have been going that were like, can yeah. you please do this, Rihanna? Yeah. Like, I guess they could see it in me. And I'm like, I have a one year old. Yeah. Like, what are you guys talking about? I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so I just did it slowly. Uh-huh. And then I, in 2020, I like designed the logo and had someone put it in digital form and like was like okay and started a social media account and that was at the beginning of that was like january 2020 got it as when i like okay i'm gonna do this and just see see what happens got it okay and then what did the, did you guys get affected by the pandemic at all because you're starting right before all of that it's hit. true no because it, it's no, all just outside and it's all outside and we're in we're in texas uh-huh. and and we're not in a big city in texas yeah. And uh, all of the people that come to this kind of a thing were really not concerned about yeah. any of that. Got and in it. fact, we're looking for ways to, um, Get to out just and, live their own lives. Yeah. So yeah, if I'm being honest, yeah, we were not affected Doesn't, in that way at all. Yeah, because we all just kind of kept doing our own thing and hanging out with each other and loving on each other. So got yeah. it. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So then take me to today. So what's going on for you today? Uh, we kind of breeze through your fourth. Uh, um child being born but what's going on for you today 
where are you at? What are you up to? What's yeah. what's hard? What's well, easy? It's been yeah. Well, I think it's still hard to run a business and be a mom, especially a homeschool mom, because mm-hmm. my kids don't go somewhere during the day. They're right. still here. And not only that, we have things that we want to do together, namely school and learning and um just life, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's still hard, which is why I actually really love one of the things I'm doing now, which is a podcast on like creative living, because I love still talking to other people and diving into that balance of like, what does it look like? And uh-huh. why are we even worried about that? Like, should should we just stop or whatever? Um, but I, this past year was really, it was a really, really busy year because I had a lot of opportunities to do garden design and other outside artistic works and stuff like that. And so I was really, really busy. Uh-huh. And I got some really clear messages from God where he was like, okay, if you want to continue doing this business, you need to pay attention to yourself. And he's like, he's like that he's taking a shower more than once a month. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. And so, yeah, he put some, he put some really funny, and I'm dead serious. Uh, but he put some really funny things on me that I needed to do, like do something that I loved once a month and, and take a bath once a week and things like that. And just do some self-care practices, which ended up being this whole self-love journey, which has been phenomenal. It's really changed my life. And also I started meditating uh, every single day last February. So we're almost coming up on a year now when this is being recorded where I've been like meditating almost every single day, which has just changed my whole life. It has made it where I'm possible. It's possible for me to be able to do this business and and be a mom, the mom that I want to be, where it's like I'm present with the kids. I'm, we're connecting hearts every single day. They know uh, who I am. I know who they am, who they are. <laughs> and yeah, so I so today I'm running this creative art studio where we're teaching um, kids uh, nature studies through hands-on gardening, through um, all kinds of art projects and things like that. And they're like a themed study. Then I also do like beginner gardening workshops or garden consultations, sometimes garden designs or even just garden drawings for people on the side. Um, hopefully a mural coming up in the next few months. Actually, hopefully, hopefully a few murals coming up in the next few months. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then I started this podcast, which I'm only like, I've, I've, I've recorded like eight episodes, but I'm like, two have been released. Three is going to be released next week. Um, and the reason why I'm so excited about it is because it's something that's truly me, like just truly for me, right? For me and the people that I serve, which is these moms, mm-hmm. specifically these moms who have some kind of creative inkling in them that they're not, maybe they've never even like done anything that way, but it's been there Mm -hmm. or maybe they have, and it's been on the back burner for some time because of the season of life they've been on. And how do we strike that balance? And what does it look like? And why does it even matter? And just like having that conversation and like, what does it look like to have a creative lifestyle, you know, and be a mom or whatever? What, what can that look like in the kitchen, in the bathroom, you know, all Uh that kind of stuff. And why I love it is because as I have went through this journey, really the past, we're at like six months now, probably of this self-love journey. I've, I felt the more I pour into myself, dude, I am so much more there for my kids. And even being, I've been an intentional parent this whole time, right? Where mm-hmm. I'm really paying attention to my kids and and I know what's going on in their hearts and we're having conversations constantly. And as things come up, we're processing together, all that stuff. But I'm even more present, which is crazy mm-hmm. because man, the more like we are satisfied in full, the more our kids are. Yeah. You know, we're able to be there for our kids and our husbands. And our friends. And it's just been really, really fun. So for me, I guess the biggest thing is like just being able to do something for myself. And I'm also at markets now. So this year I'm at two markets every single month, which is not too much, not too little, right? 
um, so I can sell some of my things that I sew or my botanical dye things, like all that, my block printing stuff. That's good. I can sell some of those things and I kind of have an outlet for some of my personal things that I'm literally just doing for myself. Uh-huh. It's just like my personal artistic expression, which is important. Like I want my kids to see that, hey, here's me. Like this is me. You know your mom because I'm yeah. allowing myself to be myself. But I'm also 100% with, um, with them, giving to them. And of course, willing to sacrifice as well for them. Like that's, that's not good. going away. Um, but yeah, so that's, I guess that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, wow. Still doing the balancing every day, but really, really enjoying it. Yeah. yeah. You have so, that's so much going on. Wow. With all the different, um, all the different sides of your business. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and where can our listeners find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at, at warm honey toast and my website and blog is also warmhoneytoast.com. On Facebook, it's Artforia Studio and Garden, which is the name of our creativity studio. So, but if you go to Instagram, like you'll find all the links to the podcast and everything. And the podcast name is The Creative Living Podcast. Perfect. Yeah. And it's just about like, yeah, creating that creative lifestyle, what that looks like. And yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you so much again for being here. Hi, Kelsey. This was really fun. So thanks for, you ask really good questions and I appreciate that. It's, It's fun, you know, as a mom, like to dive back into these journeys because um and that's why we need people in our lives again right we need this community we need these friendships because so often we forget these big hurdles that we've overcome we know this yeah these lessons that we've learned these gems whatever and it's helpful yeah these kind of conversations to pull that out and be like oh yeah when it's hard tomorrow Mm -hmm. you know i can remember this And actually today was a really hard day just because i had allergies and i was like oh my gosh i am not showing up for anybody today because the cedar was so bad today and it's coming off on a week that was so, so good. So yeah, we need this reminder of like, okay, it's okay. I've been yeah. through hard times before. I can have a hard day. Yeah. Zooming back out, looking looking back yeah, over the back whole out. up and down. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And Absolutely. it was a great, great story. So thank you so much for sharing it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone you know. If you share it on social, don't forget to tag me at BAMisHard on Instagram and Being a Mom is Hard on Facebook. And be sure to rate, review, and follow the show if you liked it. It will help more listeners find the show. If you're interested in being a guest or receiving my e-letter, head on over to my website, beingamomishard.com. Thanks again. Thanks again.